listening to ESL Talk, a podcast made for English teachers by English teachers. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, welcome to another new episode of ESL Talk. We are your hosts. I'm Faye. And I'm Daniel. We hope you've had a chance to visit our website, esltalk.com. That's esl-talk.com. And check out our Patreon page as well that we just recently launched. Yes, if you'd like to get early access to our episodes, extra bonus content, one-to-one monthly teaching webinars, uh, mentoring, and exclusive free merchandise, just head on over to patreon.com forward slash ESL talk. And thanks for the feedback on our last episode on the topic of becoming a teacher entrepreneur. We got lots of great feedback and questions from it. So please feel free to ask if you have questions on today's topic as well. Yeah, we've got a lot of really good uh, feedback and lots of great questions. So please keep those coming. It seems like a really popular topic right now. But mm-hmm. today, we're changing a direction to focus on the topic of student mental health. And our special guest, Hajar, will be joining us to share why this is an important issue for all ESL teachers and why we should keep this in mind when teaching our students. So let's get started by discussing our own experiences with this topic, Faye. So what do you think is the connection between mental health and learning, in your opinion? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we've all been learners before. So we, we know that the better you feel mentally, the more you're going to learn, right? The better student you're going to be. So it only makes sense that that's the case for our language learners. Um, and the thing with language learning, I find, too, is that often this is something students are doing additionally from other kinds of learning or from their careers, family life. Usually these are adult students and they have a lot of pressure and like clear goals and sometimes even like a clear timeline for when they want to achieve them. And all that can add so much to their mental health and just really hinder their progress in learning mm-hmm. and make our lives even harder as teachers. Right. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important that students are in the right frame of mind to learn because Mm -hmm. a lot of things go on that we don't know about. And in our own lives, it's the same, you know, sometimes maybe we had a bad morning or, you know, the washing machine broke or Mm -hmm. I don't know, your baby couldn't sleep the night before. So you didn't get much sleep. All these small things can really affect our attitude and our approach. And it's not conscious. We want to have a good lesson or we want Mm -hmm. our students to have a good lesson. So by just being aware and, and taking steps to maybe 
just get yourself in the right frame of mind that can really help you have a have a good lesson um, as a student and as a teacher as well if you're in the right frame of mind you can do your best for that student and help them to be yeah, successful absolutely and how do you approach this topic of mental health in your classes so it's not done directly but what i will generally do for the first couple of minutes like most teachers is a little bit of small talk so just mm -hmm. kind of you know, how's your day? How's your weekend? How was work today? How was school today? Depending on the student. Mm -hmm. And that can just be a really nice window into how the student's feeling mentally. Mm -hmm. um, so if I have a really intense lesson plan with lots of, you know, writing and grammar activities, maybe I'll be a little bit lighter on those and I'll just mm -hmm. we'll maybe talk a little bit more. And I think I approach it by understanding where my students are that day, that moment, and, mm -hmm. and recognizing that because as teachers, we can sometimes be tempted to just stick to the scripts do everything by the yeah. book and just play it straight and then that can maybe annoy our learners because maybe maybe they don't say it but maybe internally the learners are thinking like oh, i'm having a really bad day i really can't focus mm -hmm. or yeah. can't concentrate on this so as a teacher if you can maybe identify that and just say I guess it's been a long day, right? You're probably pretty mm -hmm. tired. Let's, let's, let's do this later or let's do this for homework. Mm -hmm. that, that makes a huge difference and that mm -hmm. builds trust and that builds a closer relationship with your student. And they'll probably be more likely in future to open up and say, you know what, this happened today or what do you think about this? Or how would you deal with this? And again, mm -hmm. it's a really nice way to open up discussion as well. Yeah. Um, what about your approach, Faye? Yeah, I think it's pretty similar. Um, I think most of all, I try to make myself very human to my students. Right. Um, so before I even, like I always, like you said, the small talk, I always try to kind of show my students that I also have things I'm dealing with outside of class. And um, if, if I make a mistake or something, you know, we're just not, not making excuses, but kind of showing, oh yeah, like, like you said, my baby didn't sleep last night. I'm a bit sleep deprived today. So please excuse me if I, if I seem a little bit spaced out or, you know, um, and kind of just uh, opening that up for the students to feel safe to say the same or to mm -hmm. be more vulnerable in class. And right. oh, uh, yeah, after you have built that report, like with students I've been working with a bit longer, we usually spend yeah, like 10, 15 minutes talking about the week. How was your week? And they start to each time they start to be a little more honest, it seems, and open yes. up a bit more about their struggles. And I find that that's really important. Mm -hmm. uh, but do you think that this approach is different to, for from one to one classes to group classes? Yeah, sure. Um, I just kind of talked about my one-to-one -one approach. Um, mm -hmm. In a group class or a bigger class, it's going to be more difficult to do. Mm -hmm. um, and your approach might need to be a little bit more discreet because you don't really want to be calling out a student and be like, oh, you look really tired today. Mm -hmm. What's going on? Uh, because that's not really professional. And also it yeah. might alienate the student and make them feel less likely to talk to you. Yeah, so, one thing I find helpful for group classes too is to use it as like a, a beginning of class activity just to in small groups or pairs. Or maybe yeah. even to maybe encourage them a bit to share share a challenge you've had recently with your partner. Exactly. Yeah, I was like gonna that, mention right? something like a TPS, a think pair share, where they have a prompt mm -hmm. or a picture or an image um, as a stimuli to begin. Mm -hmm. And then they use that to maybe connect to their own experience. Um, right. So that can be a nice way to help them with that. And then also in a group class towards the end, you can do a, a feedback or plenary, a survey, something like that, mm -hmm. where um, a learning journal can be a really good uh, tool for students. Mm -hmm. And I found this has worked really well, where it's just a personal thing for them. 
Yeah. And they can submit it anonymously. So I don't know who, who submitted it. Yeah. But it's just a nice way to connect um, their mental state with their learning and see where they're at in terms of that. So if there's something that keeps coming through, like Daniel, your class was great, but you spent way too long on this video and I didn't find it useful. And right. as a teacher, I can use, well, maybe that's not helping my students get in the right frame of mind. So maybe I can stop the, the video or you play music when we come into the class and the music's mm -hmm. terrible. So can you stop playing that music? Sure. Yeah. Or I love the music. It's helpful. Or this is my favorite artist. So again, these are all good opportunities to get feedback and, and refine what you do um, as well. Yeah, that's a so, great point. We did have Fiona here earlier um, yes. on an episode talking about that too, like journaling and how that can be coupled with these strategies, exactly. right? So what are some of the tools that online learning might have on our students' mental health? Yeah, it's really difficult. It's a lot, definitely a lot harder to connect um, on a personal level when there's a screen between us, right? There's, it's harder to read body language. It's harder to, to feel like that it's a personal Mm -hmm. um, environment, right? There's that, that intimacy we have sometimes in a small group class or face-to-face -face in a room with the students that where they can feel like they can talk to you and all that. That's definitely uh, a little bit more artificial online. And mm -hmm. with, with that as well, I feel like students feel a lot of pressure on make everything count when they're like, sort of like our Zoom lesson starts. Okay, now I'm on student mode, you yes. know, whereas if it's in person, I have a feeling like students were a little bit more relaxed coming into the class and chatting. Okay, guys, now let's begin. You have to kind of like get everybody ready for the class. Whereas online, there's more of that division. Okay, now it's class time. Yeah. So I think it can be really um, difficult for students to sometimes see learning as something pleasurable or to relax a little bit and stop putting yeah. so much pressure on themselves, just, right? Just on that point, this kind of ties in with scheduling. Um, mm -hmm. It's hard sometimes, but I, I'll always try to have a gap of 15 minutes in between my lessons. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because I don't want my students to think I only have one hour and one hour mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. And I don't want them to feel like they're being rushed out of the class because I have exactly. another student or another group. So one technique that I find well is just, just to have a couple of minutes just to talk and settle in at the beginning. And yeah. if we run over a couple of minutes, that's fine. So the student is not stressed or worried like, oh my God, we only have three minutes and I have mm -hmm. to write this paragraph or I have to talk about this. I'm not ready. So yeah. it helps to just have a few minutes of time to play with before and, the end and, before, uh, and after the class so that you can just manage that. And the students not stressed, they can ask mm -hmm. questions and at least they're in a state where they feel like they've accomplished something. They can actually reflect on what they've learned instead of just, oh, sorry, we're out of time. Bye-bye. Yeah, that's true. Kind of I actually make that clear to my students when we're doing one-to-one -one lessons uh, right at the beginning. I say, oh, we might go over our one hour, just be prepared for that. I just tell them, just plan for our lessons to go over a little bit because sometimes we're talking about something and we don't want to, you know, interrupt our conversation. And exactly, it just like takes that pressure off and makes it a lot more human, right? That interaction is hopefully more enjoyable as well. Yeah, that's, true. That's the goal. Mm -hmm. So talking about this pressure that students might feel, say, what are some things we can do to help the students who might be under a lot of pressure? Maybe they're doing an IELTS exam or they're mm -hmm. preparing for immigration or something like that. How can we kind of lower that burden of pressure? Yeah, absolutely. I finally, I've been working a bit one-to-one -one with some students doing um, Cambridge prep, like for advanced and proficiency. And yeah, it's definitely, sometimes you do have to take a step back, even as a teacher and be a little bit less focused on the exam itself and try to do, do a bit of an, a, an analysis of why that student is maybe failing or struggling with a certain activity. And I think that it's important for us to try to shift our students' focus sometimes. 
like students can be very focused on the score, for example. Oh, I'm not improving. I'm doing, I keep doing mock tests and my score isn't going up, but more like pointing out what their progress has been since the beginning. And I think that big picture idea is something that is hard for students to see. So yes. it's something that we can help them with and that will take that pressure off a bit. It's just big picture. Remember where you started. Remember our first lesson. This is where you were. I remember you couldn't do this a few weeks ago. Now you can. It's just yep. us being able to show them. We all, we've talked about this before, but stating the obvious that is not so obvious for them, I think yes. is a really important thing to do in those situations for our students, just reminding mm -hmm. them of all that, right? What, what do you fast. think in your experience? Yeah, um, I think, yeah, students are very much focused on, I need this, and if I don't get this, the world is going to end. It's going to mm -hmm. be, you know, that's it for me. And that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. And what I try to try to say to students is don't picture it as this huge massive like you know challenge that you must achieve this result in this many weeks mm -hmm. because that's not always going to happen everyone's different everyone has a different journey yeah. so the approach that I take to students to help them right at the beginning is break things down into a step-by-step -step process because if something's in chunks or pieces it's mm -hmm. much easier to manage much easier to to get through you know mm -hmm running a marathon and doing that in a month, it's impossible. But if I'm running every day, a little bit at a time, and I have a partner there who's by my side, who's going to help me, who's going to support me, who's going to encourage me, right? Then I can probably do it. Exactly. So that's the big difference. It's the mindset, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just what makes a difference. And do you think it's important for us, um, having said all this, like there's, it's a lot of pressure for us as well to deal with, right? Sure, sure. Yeah. Do you think it's important for us to know our limitations when it comes to helping our students who might be struggling with their mental health? Yeah, I mean, I'm a teacher and I've been a student, so I know what it's like on the other side. So I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a therapist. I'm not trained in those fields. And I don't mm -hmm. think I should ever claim to be because it's not fair to students. But, you know, we do wear lots of hats. We are a coach. We are a mentor. We are a, a guide. We are a friend. We, are, we, we do lots of different things. Uh, but ultimately, we're a teacher. We're there to teach and to support and guide. Um, but I think the best way to help students in terms of their mental health is just to share experiences mm -hmm. and just be humble and be real and say, I, I had a similar experience. I've mm -hmm. been through this. Or I know what it's like. And as long as that's genuine, then that'll resonate really well with students and they'll, they'll invest in you and they'll believe in you and they'll trust mm -hmm. you. Um, so I think it, that, that helps in kind of what you said earlier about being real. So just share your experiences and, and what you know and what you've been through and use that to help your students mm -hmm. in a positive way. Um, how about for you? Yeah, I find that often students um, don't know that they could get professional help even mm -hmm. for that. Um, and it can be a, a, a huge, it, it can be a really huge burden even on the teacher to, apart mm -hmm. from doing all the teaching, trying to support that student emotionally. Sometimes we're unable to even. Right. Uh, so one thing I find really helps is I always, I'm always, like I said, I'm always honest and, and share my own experience with my students. And I especially, I always tell my students that I do counseling, that I have a therapist that mm -hmm. I have had for years and, you know, off and on. And um, I always, I'd like to maybe share a little bit about my, let's say, uh, journey as a mother, how I had anxiety, you know, mm -hmm. postpartum anxiety and things like that. And then kind of to show them what I did to deal and with you're it. breaking that taboo right away exactly. because they're like, oh, the yeah. teacher's talking about it. Yeah. Talking. And then I go like, did you know that there are all these resources? So obviously if they're in Canada, I would be able to help them a bit more. But sure. I said, oh, do you know if there are anything, any similar resources in your country? 
right? Or uh, do people commonly go to therapy in your country? How much would it be? Like, just sort of like planting that seed. Because yeah. it might be a bit of taboo. And I obviously, don't, you don't want to go and say, you should talk to your therapist. You know, that's out of my scope. And, you know, mm-hmm. but sort of like um, encouraging students to maybe think, especially if, if it's a more, if you think it's a more serious ongoing thing, right? Uh, yeah. to think about all these other resources they might have and how Absolutely. much they might be able to invest in that. Um, what do you think, Daniel? Is there anything else, any other ways you think we can more um, objectively direct our students to get help they need? Yeah, I mean, help doesn't necessarily need to be professional, like, you know, therapists or psychologists, mm-hmm. because that might not be necessary. It might just be having a conversation with your family, with mm-hmm. your parents, maybe. Mm-hmm. and trying to address certain things and in my experiences working with university teachers a lot of the time it's have you spoke to your professor or your instructor mm-hmm. because a lot of the time it's they don't understand something in terms of right. the assignment or they're not sure about this or they maybe misunderstood a message or an email was misconstrued so mm. it might just be a case of having a conversation with your professor and instructor i know it's intimidating especially in some cultures but by having open communication, you can generally solve a lot of problems because mm-hmm. most problems stem from like a, a misunderstanding or a communication breakdown. So yeah, by having true. open communication, you can usually address those problems. So let's now hear from our guest, Hajar, who will be sharing with us why student mental health is so important to her. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So hello, Hajar. Thanks for joining us today on ESL Talk. Hi, how are you? Great. We're happy to have you here. Thanks for joining us. So Hajar, can you start by giving us a little insight into your teaching journey and how you got to where you are today? Mm-hmm. So my name is Hajar. I'm 24 years old. I am from Morocco. Uh, I wouldn't call myself a conventional teacher because I do not have the academical background, you would say, to teach. I am initially a business major. I have a bachelor's degree in business management, but I also have a 
uh, TEFL degree that I invested in back in 2018. So uh, I started my teaching journey the same year, 2018. Uh, I started as a regular teacher, uh, middle school teacher in a private school, and I've kept teaching ever since. Uh, taught uh, multiple levels, primary, middle school, now in high school. So uh, I, I love this this profession. I think I am um, the most confident when I am teaching. So uh, for me, teaching is a passion before it's a profession. That's great. And um, so we know that you, you do have sort of a focus on mental health. And today yes. we wanted to ask you a little bit more about um, watching and taking care of our students' mental health. So mm -hmm. why do you think it's important for us as teachers um, to, to give, this, give our attention to our students' uh, mental health? So as teachers, our primary goal is our students' academic performance and mental health and academic performance are closely related. So if our students are not in their best mental state, they were surely not, uh, uh, they were surely not um, uh, perform their best at schools and might, and might affect their concentration, their test scores, their, uh, their participation and everything else that we might uh, focus on during the lesson. So I think it's a crucial uh, aspect of our, that we may uh, pay attention to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. It's really important and maybe something yes. that we don't necessarily consider as teachers or we don't give enough attention to. So um, Haja, what yeah, can yes. teachers do to help promote positive mental health in students? What are some things we can do maybe in the way we teach or in the message that we send to our students? So as teachers, we are, before we are educators, we do have a strong, powerful position and we do affect our students' lives for the better or worse, of course, depending on the teacher. Uh, I think uh, for me personally, I always try to implement or I always try to include mental health issues in the curriculum that I'm teaching, whether it's through, through presentations, I assign presentations to my students and I have them choose the topics within this frame of mental health, which helps bring their awareness to these issues. Uh, second of all, I always try to be outspoken if I ever see anything uh, remotely uh, alarming in my students' behavior, always to be out, try to be outspoken about it, or if I see any uh, common uh, problems like bullying in school that we, mm -hmm. can, uh, we can definitely point out as teachers. So, and also I try to uh, bring that topic into our classroom. It's uh, commonly targeted. So we do talk about it often. It's not a taboo topic. It's mm -hmm. uh, something that we talk about every time. So students do not feel ashamed or embarrassed mm -hmm. to address it whenever they feel the need. Yeah, that's a really great point. And what you said about us uh, making sure we take action when we notice something is, is really important because we've got that power position yes, like yes. you mentioned right now yes what what do you think are for for maybe for the for teachers that haven't had much experience with it or haven't thought about of this much before what are some signs or some signals that teachers should be aware of or look for when it comes to their students mental health that might indicate they need to take action 
So uh, as teachers, we need to establish a close rapport with our students. We need to get to know them. We need to establish a close relationship with them. So when uh, there is a signal, there's an alarming behavior, we, can, where we are able to notice it. For example, uh, is there a decrease in their performance in their grades? Uh, is there a problem with their concentrations? Are they doing their homework? Are they uh, on task? Uh, we need to also have uh, be aware of their uh, family issues if there are any and have a, a close communication with administration about that so there are multiple things that we can do to uh, stay aware of their of our students mental health and their situations mm -hmm. that's a good point too because sometimes we might attribute search behavior like um, yeah, missing homework or not being motivated yeah. as just being lazy or something like that. But it could be a sign no, definitely of not. something yes. deeper. It usually is, right? But sort of a cry and for also, help. Also, uh, if they are exhibiting uncommon behavior, so we know our students, we know how they are. That's why establishing a close relationship is important. So mm -hmm. when uh, uh, an odd behavior is coming from a from a students, we are able to detect that this is not them. This behavior is not. Uh, them. So what can be the cause of this uh, different uh, attitude, maybe? Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. Yeah, there's sometimes a lot of external factors that we're not aware of. Maybe even the students yes. are always aware of either. So mm -hmm. it's, it's quite it's quite useful to be able to identify those, but it can be difficult. So in terms of your approach, Hajar, does your approach towards mental health change if you're in a face-to-face -face setting and an online setting? What's the difference between those two approaches? There is a definitely uh, a big change, mm -hmm. a big difference between one-to-one uh, -one teaching and online teaching. So with online teaching, I find it that it's more difficult to uh, have, again, that rapport with students mm -hmm. because you are teaching through a screen right. and you're not aware whether your students are um, being themselves through a screen. But with one-on-one teaching, you are able to detect, you are able to observe and to uh, take notes and uh, you have a one-to-one -one relationship with them. So you are able to, to detect their problems better, but with online teaching, it kind of gets more difficult, which uh, in, uh, includes uh, implementing other approaches like maybe just uh, uh, dedicating, that's the word, dedicating a small portion of your lesson just for communication. Uh, that way your session is not all about uh, the subject it's also about them for them to talk about mm. themselves and talk about their uh, difficulties maybe their time uh, with e-learning it's uh, it's difficult but it's also doable i believe mm -hmm. and do you think that these um, the challenges these difficulties are becoming more common with our current way of teaching now that most of us are teaching online can you see that this becoming more this is becoming more of a problem this inability yes. to detect mental health issues, maybe? Yes, yes, it is definitely becoming more common. Like I said, it's just, it's teaching through a screen. So we're not 100% we're not sure uh, of our students. We cannot uh, get to know them on the, the same level as we did with 101 teaching, but with more effort from our part. Mm -hmm. And uh, as we get our students to open up more, uh, we can uh, facilitate and we can make it easier for us to uh, maybe offer help or get mm -hmm. them to speak out. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Danielle mm-hmm. and I were just talking a little bit about small talk before we started this episode mm-hmm. yes, and how yes. certain cultures are more open to it even, uh, or they expect to do a bit more small talk at the beginning, but that can be really valuable mm-hmm. for all students too and for us to create that connection, yeah. right? Yeah, it's so easy for to me, just get I to the point. From, <laughs> yes, from personal experience, I came here, I'm from Morocco, like I said, I came to Turkey and I had to teach students that speak a different language. Mm-hmm. So, and I had to get them to speak a language that they're not familiar uh, with. And I find that uh, small talks and icebreakers and questions mm-hmm. are the best type of uh, stimulators for students at a certain uh, age group, but I find it uh, the more personal it gets, the more fun and uh, the more comfortable they get with uh, opening up. That's true. Yeah, I, I agree. So just let's take that a little bit further then, Hajar. What are some examples of specific content on the topic of mental health and mental health awareness? How do we deliver that or pitch that to students in a way that's not too direct? So maybe uh, what I like to use is uh, I always like to uh, start my sessions, for example, with uh, maybe a short film that tackles this uh, very specific topic. And then we might talk about the characters issues and talk about it from an external point of view. And then we will look internally or maybe I would set myself as an example. That way I would seem more approachable Mm -hmm. for them and they would feel comfortable to talk about their own issues. And they, uh, at that moment, they try to uh, uh, be the, ce- I wouldn't say being the center of attention, but uh, speak up and share their own struggles. So I find that very useful when it comes to teaching for going externally to internal, mm. uh, internal, uh, the internal aspect. Mm, yeah, that's a good good idea to do because then you kind of remove yourself from it, but then slowly yes. feel more comfortable to talk about it. Yeah. Now, how can we encourage our students to t- to start to create awareness and manage their own mental health in, in classes rather than just making it up to us to help them? So, uh, of course, uh, bringing awareness is the hardest uh, step of it all. Uh, having them to be aware of their own uh, and own struggles is the, the difficult part. But when it comes to implementation, that is also that can also be very uh, difficult. But in my opinion, uh, going step by step uh, is very efficient uh, because students uh, are not at that age. They need guidance. They need uh, support. Uh, whether it's from their parents or from their teachers or from an adult figure. Uh, But uh, exhibiting or embodying that behavior can help them uh, implement uh, those methods with themselves Mm -hmm. uh, or being uh, a role model for them. That way they can uh, start to apply these things with themselves. It just, I think awareness is, is the most important part. And uh, when we think about adult learners then, because a lot of times in, in many cultures, mental health is something that's not really talked about or not really approached, right? right? Yes, it's, um, a, it's a taboo right? in many countries. Yeah, so how can we then kind of teach our students to be more aware of their own mental health without it being too, let's say, uh, forceful or without um, 
stepping on anyone's toes, culturally speaking? So uh, what I'd like to do in these kind of situations and just bring it up, bringing it up in a uh, international level, meaning it's not their culture in specific and talking about it from culture to culture and then talking about it with their own uh, context. And then from a great, from a general point of view goes to a more specific point of view. That way they can uh, start to shed the walls that are built from generations mm -hmm. and uh, look at these uh, look at these issues from uh, different perspectives for example uh, here in Turkey as well uh, these kind of topics are not often talked about they uh, might have a counselor in their school some schools do not have counselors and uh, they do not shed a light on these issues but mm -hmm. uh, the more brought up they are to the table the more uh, spoken they are about so kind of just to elaborate a little more here Hajo, you mentioned kind of our role as a teacher so should teachers try to combine elements of coaching and counseling in their approach do you think this is going to help students in the long run Yes, of course, I do believe that counseling and teaching go hand in hand because they are both, both professions are associated with the same characteristics of helping, uh, in a, helping others in a school context. So mm -hmm. I do believe that as teachers, we should be well equipped in order to uh, deal and respond to certain situations with uh, interventions that are not just random. Maybe mm -hmm. they are from a professional point of view and we cannot just uh, give any answer to certain situations because we are, like I said, in a position of power and our opinion does matter and our opinion can change uh, a situation for the better and worse. So for, for example, if a student uh, feels the need to come to or to resort to us for for advice, we have to be well equipped to listen, respond accordingly and adequately for, to, their, to their problems. Mm -hmm. So it, having said that, do you have any advice or recommendations for teachers that are just starting um, to think about this topic or who want to be more well equipped or to be better yes. equipped to deal with these yes. situations? Yes. One of the first things that I would advise uh, teachers who are just starting uh, uh, with this journey is that they should be uh, they should observe more and and they should care more first of all uh, we had of course in the past many experiences with teachers who did not care enough to uh, care enough about their students so I believe that with caring for our students we will get to that state where we know our students on a different level so uh, uh, caring that is first, observing that is second, and uh, being more approachable for our students. So uh, shedding that perfectionist uh, position. We shouldn't be uh, perfect at all times. We should uh, become more relatable and approachable for our students. And uh, that will establish uh, what we call trust uh, so trust is very important when we are dealing with uh, students. And um, I also think that uh, whenever we see that something is alarming, whenever we see that uh, something that signals our help, we should take action rather than just letting it slip or maybe not paying attention to it. Uh, we need to take action more. 
we need to implement different strategies when we feel like our strategies are not working or not getting, uh, giving us the results that we need. So we need to be flexible. That's what I would say. That, that's what I would suggest for uh, teachers who are just considering this uh, new approaches. Some great advice. And these principles are actually principles that are very closely aligned to my approach. And I think probably the same for Faye as well. So it's good to hear that these things also tie in with this idea of mental health as well. Mm-hmm. So Haja, where can our listeners um, find you and follow you if they want to learn more? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, <laughs> that is first. Uh, I think you will write it somewhere. Yeah, we'll share and the link. Also, uh, also on Facebook with the same name, Haja Shakri. Yeah, that's where I, you can find me. Wonderful. That's great. And it's really nice, again, to have different perspectives and to keep focus on a topic like this, which is really undervalued and underappreciated by teachers. So thank you so much for taking time to share this with us today, Hajo. Thank you for having me. It was a great opportunity and it was such a, a close topic to my heart because I was once a student not very long time ago. I dealt with mental health issues and I I didn't have a great experience dealing with it because I didn't have the teacher figure. And I think I'm doing a great job. So thank you for having me today. Ajah, thank you so much for joining us and talking about a topic you're very passionate about. Um, It's really something we can think about to help support our students and make sure that they have the best environment to flourish. Yes. And remember that you can always get in touch with us on Instagram at ESL Talk Podcast. You can also send us an email to esltalkpodcast at gmail.com. Or now you can visit our website to access all our episodes for free. And it's esl-talk.com. And if you want to connect with us individually, you can find me on Instagram at Learning with Faye. Faye is F-E-Y. Or you can find me at I'm Daniel Teacher. So that's it for this week. Please join us next week for our season three finale. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for even more ESL teaching content.